the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Friday, October 14th, 2022. I am Seth Liebson, your open line Fridays. Our phone number is 602 You often hear me invoke the scientist in the opening to the Chernobyl series where Valerie Legasov plaintively asks, what is the cost of lies? It's not that we'll mistake them for the truth. The real danger is that if we hear enough lies, then we no longer recognize the truth at all. This week, we learned that Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, who has for two years been telling us the border is secure, knew two hours before he went public with it that the Border Patrol agents accused of whipping Haitian immigrants from their horses and were later lambasted by members of Congress for engaging in behavior worse than slavery, where an investigation was opened up. He knew, Mayorkas knew, two hours before he went to the president with the story that it was not true. This week, we learned again of how much the FBI and nearly everyone involved in perpetuating the Russian hoax of collusion in the 2016 election based on the Christopher Steele dossier wasn't true. Steele, we learned, was even offered $1 million by the FBI to prove his claims, and he could not. And yet the FBI went forward with the investigation based on nothing, no evidence. In fact, worse, politically motivated and generated faked evidence. People were led and told to believe all this, and they did. If you shared or communicated doubts, you were the wrong person. You were the scourge. You were the apologist for the greatest liar of them all, Donald Trump. This week, we learned that Pfizer never tested its vaccine on stopping transmission and that despite its director telling the media and the public many times throughout 2021 that the vaccine would stop transmission, the evidence in the light of day, and obviously after three boosters being required, the evidence in the light of day and by the Pfizer director's own admission never was about stopping or able to stop transmission of COVID. Queries to whether Joe Biden knew the same thing when he told us last year on CNN that not only was it a patriotic duty to get vaccinated, meaning something good for others beyond yourself, but that the vaccination would also stop you from getting sick, going to the hospital or dying. Query as to whether schools that required vaccines for children to go to school or participate in after school activities knew any of this or the fact that, let me repeat, the fact that in just one state, Illinois, more people died with or from COVID who were fully vaccinated in a year and a half than all the children in the country under the age of 18 in two and a half years. Four times as many. Query as to whether anyone in the media has any curiosity at all about over 50 intelligence officials that stated Hunter Biden's laptop story was a story based on Russian misinformation right ahead of an election. The validation of that story being very likely to have altered that election. 
Query as to whether Joe Biden knew the veracity of what was on his son's computer when he relied on those intelligence officials, or at least quoted them and cited them, when asked about the computer or the laptop in a debate. Query as if he will apologize now for spreading misinformation about his son's laptop in the election, misinformation that, again, very likely altered the election. Query as to if anyone in the media will ask him about what he knew, when he knew it, and if he's willing to say anything more than how proud he is of his son. As he tells the rest of his country, his other son died in circumstances he didn't die from, and nearly a decade off in the story Joe Biden either mistakenly believes about his own son or wants us to mistakenly believe. Query as to who else knows any of the above. There is a concerted effort based on self-interest and ideological rigidity to keep these stories from reaching any kind of mass acceptance or knowledge. These are, however, facts, not just evidence, facts, and they require a verdict. They would require a verdict in a political entity of justice, in a political entity of justice and honor. The president misled us, and and, and repeatedly so. So has our Secretary of Homeland Security. So have corporate CEOs. So has the media. And not on insignificant matters, matters that go not only to public policy, but matters that go to public policy about life and death and racism and our ability to even make decisions about political choices in elections. I mentioned justice and honor just now. Honor. It's an interesting word coming from the Latin meaning reputation and dignity in that reputation. Old Falstaff in Shakespeare's Henry IV gives us a bit of a lesson on honor when it's in the hands of knaves. He says, quote, can honor set a leg? No. Can it set an arm? No. Can it take away the grief of a wound? No. Honor hath no skill in surgery then? No. What is honor? A word. What is in that word honor? What is that honor? Air. Air. Nothing. Nothingness. Kind of like all the dramatic facts I recited above. They amount to almost nothingness. We have a better understanding of honor from C.S. Lewis, don't we? Quote, we laugh at honor, he writes, and are shocked to find traitors in our midst. He puts that in a book importantly titled The Abolition of Man. The book's opening chapter is all about the danger of letting emotions run riot over facts. I suppose one might ask, as with the Soviet scientist, if we can no longer distinguish between truth and fiction, maybe we will no longer be able to distinguish between fact and emotion, or for that matter, honor and dishonor. We are at a curious point, are we not, where the elite and the educated, even Supreme Court justices, can't distinguish a male from a female which is to say we may not even care anymore about the notion that we are making men without chests and thus traitors. We don't even know what men are anymore. That's a lot of work accomplished by the campaign against nature and natural law and thus natural right and political right in a pretty short period, too. We counsel effort and optimism to address, really redress all of this, and yet we look at a statistic I cannot get out of my head. When we, keep in mind, we're talking about optimism. When we look at illegal drug use, abuse in this country, 
When we looked at it and took it seriously for the second time in our history, it was in the late 1980s. We were a country of 250 million people with about 10,000 drug poisoning deaths a year. We are now a country of 332 million people with about 108,000 drug poisoning deaths a year. The population thus increased about 33% and drug deaths increased nearly 1,000%. And we lie to ourselves about every part of everything about this, or at least some of us do. William Bennett, who marshaled that second wave of taking that issue seriously in the late 1980s, put it this way once, quote, Despite our wonders and greatness, we are a nation that has experienced so much social regression, so much decadence in so short a period of time that we have become the kind of place to which civilized countries used to send missionaries. All of this, he said, based on something his teacher once said, has led us to an invitation to mutual corruption. We are hesitant to impose upon ourselves a common moral code because we want our own exemptions. This modern allergy to judgments and standards, of which attitudes toward the above scandals are but a manifestation, is deeply problematic for a defining mark of a good republic is precisely the willingness to make judgments about facts— and things that matter. Lincoln warned us in the 19th century that our only threats could come from within. And while it is true we summoned the martial virtues last century to defeat foreign influences and dangers from armies to ideologies, today, again, the threats we now face are from within. They are far different, more difficult to detect, more insidious. Decadence, cynicism, boredom, relativism. I give you our world of social media. I give you our world of fantasy that so many people live in. I give you our world of working age men electing to avoid the workforce, half of whom spend 40 hours a week on online games and are addicted to opioids. I give you a world of adults infantilizing themselves with the fantasies and enthusiasms of other people's lives on social media, which has become not only a distraction based on distortion, but in too many cases, an addiction psychologically proven to cause depression, anxiety, loneliness, and self-harm. We are, in the words of the great sociologist Neil Postman, amusing ourselves to death. We are in a world Leo Strauss once described as serious when engaged in trivial business, and yet a people who gamble like madmen when confronted with serious issues. He called it retail sanity and wholesale madness. Today, we awoke to the news that the January 6th committee has subpoenaed the former president. We also learned that the Speaker of the House was wired and participating in a pre-planned documentary for events that were to take place on January 6th. And on that day, as Donald Trump is speaking about going to the Capitol, rather than taking that as a serious threat of incitement to a riot or insurrection, she, the Speaker of the House, laughingly, jokingly says, already then, if he comes here, we're going to the White House. She then says if he goes to Congress, marches on Capitol Hill, she will punch him in the face. Her words. She then says she'd happily go to jail for punching him out. Her words. Why was she wired up for a highly and well-produced documentary, well-planned in advance of that day? Why was she joking about events in real time she would later say were fomentations of a riot? 
seems like an awfully good time to ask the Watergate question. So what did the Speaker of the House know prior to January 6th, and when did she know it? The first time that question was asked, we did get evidence that demanded a verdict, and a verdict was reached, culminating in the resignation of Richard Nixon. But there was more honor in our country then. In his once famous funeral oration, do they teach that anymore? Pericles had it right when he said, quote, for it is only love of honor that never grows old, and honor it is, not gain, as some would have it, that rejoices the heart of age and helplessness, close quote. Gain, as some would have it. In other words, self-interest and ideological or partisan, partisan winning and victory at all costs, mostly the costs of honor and truth. And yes, paid for with lies. Let's hope it doesn't cost us our country. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're worried about the stock market and its volatility... I can offer you an investment from some sponsors of this show, some really good guys. I know them well. That has no correlation to the stock market. What they're offering is a great investment, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio with a, up to 10.25% return for investors. These are my friends at Y-Refi. By the way, your investment can be in a trust, can be in an IRA, just as much as it can be an individual or joint investment. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's made up of really great guys who do really well by doing good for others. And you can be a part of that. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, refy.com, or give them a call at 855-316-3087. 855-316-3087. Never a sales pitch. They just like talking about what they do, letting it speak for itself. You know, it's not uh, something they promote uh, in my uh, reads, but it is eminently true. They're also veteran-owned, and it dawns on me. You know what's kind of interesting, Bill? Every one of my local read sponsors are veteran-owned companies. It just dawned on me. It's really cool whether we're – well, you'll hear about them, whether it's Bingo Reverse Mortgage or you name it. Every one of them. Not a requirement here, but, man, is it neat to think about. Joe is in Tempe. Hello, Joe. Happy Friday, sir. Yeah, great, monologue, buddy. You got me thinking. Oh, thanks. Three, five things down the road. Thank you. Hey, I just wanted to say, um, have you heard anything from any senators uh, locally, of course, about how they are trying to clean up the method by which we vote? The reason I'm being too delicate with that is some people think that the Democratic Party had cheated last year. I do have proof of that, by the way. But I'm not, uh, I'm not one of those off that, that thinks uh, everybody. We've pa- there any correct- yeah, yeah we've passed a few things, and I know that there are these efforts. Uh, some of them are done by the state uh, party, and some of them are done by volunteer groups. Um, I have a friend at one of the big law firms here in town that uh, is always recruiting election monitors. She always asks me, and I unfortunately 
I wish I could do it, but I, I'm usually here for the show when I can't on election day, so I can't. I'll take your place. Okay, take you place. take my place. I'll I'll get you her name, um, or I'll get uh, if you email me, uh, Joe. I'll I'll make sure she knows uh, to reach out to you. I, so I think we're 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 doing a better a better job at it, and I think we're we're we've rolled up our sleeves and pulled up our socks socks to do more of the monitoring. You know, I can't get out of my head, though, whether people agree with you or not on, on your assessment. You know, I just can't get out of my head something that um, I think I initially heard Dennis Prager mention, which is, you know, when you have a party and a movement in the Democratic Party that continually calls its opposition uh, white supremacists, racists, fascists, Hitler, worse than Hitler, when you have a party and movement that does that— and things don't look quite right, and then you add that to what has become an obvious and concerted media campaign to have all of the corporate media go in for the one side, and that one side is the side that's calling Republicans fascists and worse than Hitler. When you have all that put together, how could you blame Republicans for thinking they're doing some malfeasance at minimum. What would you do? What would you do if the choice, what would any sane or ethically moral person do if they were in an election they thought was an election between a small D Democrat, not a member of the Democratic Party, but, you know, a small D, you know, a person who lives in a democracy or a Republican form of government. What would you do if it was the stakes between you know, a, a constitutional Democrat or Republican up against a fascist or up against a white supremacist. What would you do? What is the morally, ethically thing to do? The morally, ethically thing to do would be what? It would be to do anything you could, including tampering, right? To make sure the outcome doesn't go to a white supremacist, a fascist, someone worse than Hitler. Their rhetoric is what created the temperature. Their rhetoric is what created the climate to even give rise to the suspicion in the first place, Joe. I believe to they who don't agree perhaps with your assessment, I believe it is they who created the conditions that, 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 that they are now struggling with and trying to respond to, at least when it comes to what the media did in putting its finger on the scale, whether it's the corporate media or social media, whether it's that or whether it's the mechanics of the campaign. They created the suspicion. Not you. They did. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's on them, Joe. That's on them. Yeah. Well, I do know for a fact, and it is a fact, it's not a suspicion that I have a dialogue from several individuals. I'm actually a door knocker for Kerry Cooper. And um, How's that race looking? I love that guy, Kelly. Is that doing? How, well, how, how are the receptions going when you knock on doors for Kelly? They're actually going quite well. Good. Uh, and we approach them with the fact of how's inflation handling and how you doing with the inflation. And people are saying, this is not good. Uh, so I, I hand them a flyer and say, this is a guy that can make the change for, good. for you. Good. Good. So, Continue doing that, Joe. Bless you for doing it. We need you to be doing it. And then you can, on November 9th, be tired and say, I helped get rid of Greg Stanton. And God bless you for doing that. Thank you, sir. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I am Seth. That uh, theme from the Mary Tyler Moore song, that's uh, by Sonny Curtis. He wrote it, performed it, 
he was one of Buddy Holly's crickets. He was, uh, I think, the drummer and bass player in uh, Buddy Holly's crickets. Did you know that? Isn't that fun? Rick is in Sun City. Hello, Rick. Hey, Seth. How you doing? I'm Shabbat doing well. <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, I got a question. Uh, a few weeks ago, I heard Charlie Kirk mention a thing called rank choice voting and how it's a uh, very uh, shady form of voting that supposedly uh, kicks Sarah Palin out of her primary or something, and he was trying to sound the alarm to everybody. Uh, have you heard about this? And, and if you do, what do you know about it? Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, and uh, I know of what you're speaking. Um, uh, I'll tell you, California imported it or adopted it. That's the better word. California adopted it a few years back. Let me tell you how this distorts the world, because I was talking to, it's funny, I was talking to a friend about this yesterday or the day before offline or off air. And he was uh, saying, well, you know, we keep hearing about in a world that we want to expand beyond the two party system. Maybe it helps do that. And I'll and I told him this and I'll tell you, Rick, this is what it ends up doing. You heard of Senator Dianne Feinstein from California? Oh, yeah, Frankenstein, yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Diane Feinstein. Her last election, because they had ranked choice voting, her last election was 2018. On the general, okay. in the general election, not the primary, in the general election, she had an opponent. That opponent was another Democrat. There was no Republican in the general election Dianne Feinstein faced in 2018 because of ranked choice voting. That is to say, in the primary, it was nonpartisan, so people got to vote for whoever they wanted, and the Republican came in third. California, don't you know? So the top two, the top two comes of ranked choice voting, the top two vote getters were Democrats. Because California. How does that expand beyond the two-party system? Quite the opposite. It reinstantiates the one-party control of the Democratic Party. I don't like it. I don't like it. I like elections the way we think of elections. Let it rip, and let's do it by majority vote, and let's be done with it. That That's my view yeah. of it. And I think everything else is progressive tinkering that helps get you results that liberals and progressives love and makes us sit here and scratch our heads saying, you mean Diane Feinstein didn't even have a Republican opponent in 2018? No, she did not. So is there uh, many states that are uh, incorporating this? Well, I know I guess Hawaii is doing it, California. Mm -hmm. It's one of these trends. Uh, we don't have it here, blessedly, um, and uh, mm -hmm. I hope we never have it here. Uh, if we have it here, it'll become it'll come here by dint of a proposition. If we have it here, it'll come by dint of a proposition that I guarantee you will be paid for by out-of-state interests. And I will tell you that it will be very hard to deal with. One of the things I want our next legislature to take up, it'll be difficult, but I'm going to uh, be pressing them on it as much as I can. Um, it's to reform our proposition or referendum system here in Arizona because we're kind of sitting ducks. We're, we're, we're sitting ducks worse than other states. You know, if you if you if you take some lefty progressive millionaire from California who wants to tinker with our system here, it's easy for he or her to do so, him or her to do so, because they, you know, they put in some money that doesn't mean a lot to them, but means a lot to, you know, the likes of you or me or 
any institution here in Arizona. They can pay for signature gathering. They can get something on the on the ballot as an initiative with enough signatures that they paid for, uh, or that they you know hire companies to to uh, to to collect signatures on, and then they pass it. And then we're the only state in the union, the only state in the country, Arizona is. That has what's called the Voter Protection Act, which means that it takes a supermajority to do anything about it, and then only really in furtherance of the um, in furtherance of that proposition. So we're kind of sitting ducks here. Um, most of the propositions that we live with that we hate, maybe I should speak for myself. Not sure all the audience is with me on some of these, but um, the ones that a lot of us end up disliking, they didn't come from here. They came from out-of-state progressives, but we can't do anything about it. We need to do something about it. Thanks, Rick. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I am Seth. As inflation rises and your dollars are stretched thinner, more people are considering a reverse mortgage. I'm here to showcase Bingo Reverse Mortgage and share how their trusted team can take some of the guesswork out of it and the benefits to you. Bottom line, a reverse mortgage allows you to convert equity in your home into cash or to purchase a home. To qualify, you must be a homeowner at least 55 years old and have sufficient equity in your home. A reverse mortgage can be your ace in the hole when it comes to actually retiring instead of dreaming of retirement. The fact is, most Americans won't be able to retire, and bingo reverse mortgage is saving the American retirement. Get the safety net you deserve. Call the incredible bingo team at 928-277-4476 or visit them online at bingoreversemortgage.com. Tell them I sent you and get a free appraisal reimbursed at closing a $1,000 value. Bingo Reverse Mortgage, another veteran-owned sponsor of this show. Ken is in Phoenix. Hello, Ken. Hi, Chef. Thank you very much for taking my call. You bet. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. I, I had a... Uh, well, my, my idea is that I want to speak about with um, freedom of speech, uh, First Amendment. And uh, what, it is, what I want to bring up is uh, quite a while back, when uh, people started finding themselves being canceled on the internet, there was uh, Alex Jones was canceled long before anybody else was, and everybody else failed to think anything about it because they, they didn't like it. <laughs> but when it started happening to them, then they, they got uh, upset about it. And one of the things I see happening right now is a new way uh, that can be used against people in free speech, and that's suing them out of existence or trying to. As, uh, the lawsuit against Alex Jones uh, seemed like a show trial to me, and the, and the amounts were just absurd. So what I think is if they're able to do that to him, what would stop them from doing it to anyone else who feels like they're Feelings have been hurt by a radio show host or a TV talk show host or anything like that. In opposition, I mean, of course, if you're the opposition and they say that you hurt their feelings, they might just decide, okay, well, I'm going to file a lawsuit against you. Yeah. Thanks, Ken. And I'm going to put you on hold just because the the, um, audio on on your end was a a little uh, fuzzy. 
Um, the Alex Jones situation is um, pretty simple to me. Uh, he wasn't fined or assessed this multi-million dollar award from the government. That wasn't the government going after him. He was sued for defamation. Uh, there are categories of speech. By the way, congrats to you and thank you for using the right phrase, freedom of speech. A lot of people say freedom of expression. Even the courts use freedom of expression. I've never liked it. I think it takes us off the wrong track. The First Amendment speaks of speech, not expression. I think the founders knew what they were talking about. And when we started talking of freedom of expression, we started including protected categories that uh, were never envisioned by the authors of the First Amendment. So, you know, pornographic and obscene dancing, well, not obscene, but pornographic dancing would get protection as expression. And so would other things that didn't deserve it. But in the Jones case, um, it was defamation. He was sued for lying um, about a situation. First of all, let me say this. Let me backtrack a moment because uh, you mentioned any radio host or anyone in the communication business. First of all, we all have to abide, I think, by certain certain public trusts here. We have a public trust. It is um, on the public airwaves that we speak. That is to say airwaves that you with your taxpayer dollars um, endow, support, create, maintain. These public airwaves are paid for through your tax dollars. So we have a public trust. That public trust is, yes, we can have opinions, but we have to speak the truth, or at least the truth is we understand it, the truth is we know it. We can be wrong. Uh, if we are found out to be wrong, we should apologize. If we don't apologize, then that's really about your character. But you can't illegally defame someone. Alex Jones made a ton of money, a ton of money, lying about the parents of Sandy Hook and the families of Sandy Hook. And what I can only think of is about the worst thing that could ever happen to a family or a community. Uh, I, I want to be delicate here, but just for any parent in this audience, think about what it would mean to get the phone call or hear the news that there was a mass shooting or any kind of shooting at your child's school and your child was killed as a result. And then you had a huckster with an international platform, never mind national platform, who made money off peddling the lie that this was all made up and fake. And not once, but many a time. I don't have uh, a problem with the verdict. One might argue about the amount. Um, I haven't studied what jury verdicts are doing in mass torts these days when it comes to defamation. Uh, but I don't really have a problem with the verdict. The man profited off one of the most grotesque lies, which is not protected speech. Uh, defamation is a category of speech that has simply never been protected, not since the beginning of the notion of freedom of speech, even before this country was founded. We maintained the tort of defamation from the common law before this country was even founded. I, I don't thus then, complicated issue, Ken, now into the next step that you asked about. I don't, I don't love the notion. I don't really um, gel to the notion that if it can happen to Alex Jones, it can happen to anyone. Because I think he went into a certain area and direction that not everyone does. The, the, the example I heard is um, 
Joe Rogan, a friend of mine, was telling me the other day, you know, Joe Rogan, he just lets anyone on. He just lets it rip. He will have Jordan Peterson on and he'll get in trouble and he'll have Alex Jones on and he'll get in trouble. And I'm telling you here, that is not the same thing. It is not the same wingspan. The equivalent of Alex Jones on one side is not Jordan Peterson on the other, any more than the equivalent of Louis Farrakhan on one side is the equivalent of uh, Larry Elder on the other, let us say. Or, for that matter, I don't know, Tom Cotton, pick your favorite Republican, uh, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump. It's not the same thing. We make distinctions in this country. There are areas of debate and conversation that are well within the permissible and should be well within the permissible that are debated every day in state legislatures across the country, city councils across the country, on the floors of the House and the Senate in Washington, D.C. Jordan Peterson's, your Ron DeSantis's, your Donald Trump's, your Larry Elder's, probably you and me, Ken, and we speak to those kinds of things all the day, all the, day, all the live long day. The kinds of things that are debated as rational public policy that people may be offended by and have disagreements with too bad. But trafficking and defamation, racial assault and um, and that and, and conspiracy theory that way to the degree that it leads to defamation. It's not the same thing. I don't put them on the same plane. They are not polar opposites. Hope that helps. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and it still remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need pushy commission salespeople to tell you why you might want gold. You probably already want it. What you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins so you get what you want at the best value. Enter the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Proud supporters of this show and our ability to communicate. They're fighting for your right to the financial privacy that gold offers. If you're interested in owning precious metals from the only precious metals dealer that I and Seb Gorka and thousands of you already use, you can check out the Midas Gold Group at MidasGoldGroup.com. Give them a call at 480-360-3000. It's 480-360-3000. Or visit them. They're locally based in Phoenix at 625 West Deer Valley Road. You know, in my um, in my monologue earlier this hour, uh, I was talking about the uh, perpetuated untruths that uh, Pfizer was making about the vaccines and how they um, would stop transmission when they never tested them as to whether they would stop the transmission. And I was just trying to validate some of what I was uh, trying to say in my monologue. And, you know, it's not even the fact checkers anymore that you can trust. The fact checkers you cannot trust. They picked up this story, I guess, yesterday uh, and tried to disabuse us of the notion that Pfizer ever misled us. Uh, thank gosh uh, for um, the Internet and thank gosh for Twitter in particular in this case for one of the uh, one of the uh, people with a big account. He, uh, I guess I, yeah, I do know who this is. I guess I hadn't thought of him in a while. He has about 57,000 followers. He, he brought the receipts and he put the video out of uh, CEO of Pfizer 
talking for a year and a half about vaccines and then boosters and then another booster stopping transmission. Um, I could play it for you, uh, but uh, I guess I'm running out of time and don't need to. I'm just saying on everything, do your homework. And even if you're doing your homework and using things that might qualify or consider themselves fact checkers, check a little further. Check a little more. If something doesn't seem quite right, it usually isn't. By the way, it's that rule that had me skeptical of what they were saying about vaccines in the very first place. Oh, sure, they censored me and Bill for this stuff. Turns out this is what happens when you censor this kind of conversation, when you censor conversation in the purpose and use of public service based on, yes, validatable truth. You censor it because it's inconvenient. You end up with where we end up. People now wondering if they shouldn't have gotten vaccinated. Well, I did my homework then. I don't have to wonder that. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.